You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. It's the Take Command Instant Reaction Show. I am Craig Hoffman. That is definitively not Logan Paulson. If you're watching us live on YouTube, the uh, box in the stream yard next to me, uh, that is our good friend Mark Bullock, who is stepping in with Logan, uh, doing uh, Christmas with his family. Uh, texted me earlier today, going, "Hey, the the wife has got some stuff planned, so I don't think I'm going to be able to join." I was like, "All right, who can I get that has a great analytical mind?" on things and mark was of course the first person that came to mind so mark appreciates you uh stepping in and what a game we have to talk about <laughs> yeah it was uh it was quite the uh the roller coaster there but uh yeah thanks for having me uh, and yes i'm definitely not logan paulson <laughs> no definitely definitely not logan paulson there's a little ginger uh you know shade to your hair though that or it's just the lighting i think it's just the lighting yeah i've got some yeah, pretty bad lighting okay. here I'm trying. I'm trying my best here uh, to get you on Logan's <laughs> Logan's face. Uh, so the Sam Howell's benched again. That is the the big story, obviously. And and not only is he benched again, Jacoby Brissett comes in, and all the dude does is apparently lead touchdown drives. And I think that obviously sparks a very interesting conversation about the offense. Eric Bieniemy. You know, so many of us have been so critical of him, but it's like, well, Jacoby can do it. And I think, Mark, where I land on this, and I, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on it. You've written a lot about it at your Substack, uh, markbullock.substack.com. Highly recommend, especially if you like our podcast, if you want some of the visuals. Um, Mark talks about so many of the same things we do because, well, the film doesn't lie. The film is the film. Um, so I think what it proves is, like, it's not a bad system, but it's the wrong system for Sam Howell and where he is at his career. The marriage between Biennemi and Howell is a bad one. That That is where I have been for a long time. I've never doubted that EB was a good coach. And there was a long point this year where I thought Sam could be a pretty good quarterback. But the, the way he has leveraged, the amount he's asked to do, it just never seemed to be a long-term formula for success. And I think like all this is is actually confirming that. Is that me just having confirmation bias? Or have you seen some different stuff this last month worth of games from Sam where maybe your opinions on some of this stuff has changed and evolved a little bit? Uh, for me, I think it's kind of, uh, I feel like it's been a bit of a regression from from how, like earlier in the season, we saw the development in him being more willing to take what the defense gave him. Um, and sort of after those first few 
weeks of the season when he was taking lots of sacks, he started to sort of calm it down and, and understand, okay, I can't just look down the field constantly. I, I need to I need to take what they're giving me. If they're if they're taking away deep shots, don't get bored taking those underneath balls. And 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 there was a couple of those in this game where um one of the first few drives they had a little choice right out of the backfield and it was seemingly wide open obviously we need the all 22 to be 100 sure of that but it looked like it was open and he scrambled instead of taking that throw underneath he was looking down the field didn't have that scrambled out of, of a relatively clean pocket and threw the ball away and that led to a third and long which he got sacked so um and then you know there, there was there's other plays where there was a third and seven where he, he seemingly had Logan Thomas in the flat for what would have been a, a, a first down. The, the the catch would have been short of the chains, but there was no defender within five or 10 yards of Thomas. And, and there would have been some yards after the catch opportunity for a first down, but he's, he's not taking those underneath throws that are there for him. Um, and that was something he did a, a much better job over the, earlier in the season when he was playing with more rhythm and more confidence. He was he was getting the ball out decisively to those underneath balls, and and um, and they were picking up yards after the catch, and moving the chains, and, and keeping drives alive. And and that's just not happening um, in these last few weeks, and um, for whatever reason, um, and and that is a sign of regression for me. And 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 that is you, you see the difference when Brissett comes in and he's decisive and getting the ball out on time, the offense does work when, when you have a quarterback that doesn't get bored of, of taking what's given to him um, and um, getting that ball out on time and, and in rhythm and, and the offense can work, but um, that's just not what Hal's been the last few weeks. And um, it's, it's a discouraging thing for sure. Yeah. I, I do think like, on a, on a large philosophical level, nothing has changed because if you think one of the quarterbacks coming out in the draft is better than Sam, you should take that quarterback, and that would be true whether Sam was killing it or whether Sam is getting killed. Um, it's just the bar for which better than Sam exists at is getting lower and lower by the week, and emotionally, it feels like there there's no way that, like, Jaden, uh, you know, the kid out of LSU, Jaden Daniels, um, you know, even, you know, any other college quarterback right now, you're like, can't be worse than this because the last couple of weeks, you can't be much worse than this at the NFL level. And it's exactly what you said. It, it's taking the layups. And I do think this offense, uh, Michael Harmon did a good job with us this week uh, from the Reception Perception podcast, comparing this offense to many others. The layups, there are just so many more of them in many other offenses. A lot of other offenses speak to the skill sets of their skill position players much better than this one has. That's coming from a guy who watches wide receivers, specifically the top ones all around the league every single week, charts everything. But... By the same token, if he, he being Sam, would just take the stuff, the layups that are there, this offense would be much better. And by the way, you might be able to create some more layups um, because you'd be able to sustain drives on down the list. And I, and I think you're also reminded, Mark, how damn good like Terry McLaurin is. You get the ball in his hands on something short, quick. He breaks three tackles, and all of a sudden, he's 40 yards down the field. He can do that every game. Jahan Dotson is a factor. Like He has totally disappeared this season. The second Brissett comes in the game, whether it's drawing a PI, whether it's just hey, a deep target open out something else, getting the ball in his hands, Jahan Dotson matters. And I just, it's really frustrating because I do think for a lot, uh, like this, this, there has been a regression and things have changed where for a lot of this year, I didn't love what EB was doing, but Sam was playing well enough and there, were, there was enough good things happening. And just the last couple of weeks, it's all gone to hell in a handbasket. And 
you see Jacoby come in and do this and it does make you rethink everything you thought earlier in the year. Yeah, it's um, I, I think that point about not being the offense, not being sort of individual enough to the, to the specific receivers that they have um, is a good one. And uh, I wrote about last week about how Eric the it feels like he's running a system and he doesn't really care who gets the ball. And when you have a bunch of playmakers, that's fine. Um, Cause you can trust, you know, one of them is going to get open and one of them is going to make a play, whoever it is. But you look at other offenses around the league and they have a bunch of playmakers and, and they scheme up different packages specifically for those playmakers. And then they mesh those packages together so that, yeah, you're not having to rely on just one or two playmakers. You, you have a package of things where, you have one or two guys that are your prime targets on those plays. And and hopefully those are the guys that make the plays. And then you have your backup options, but th- this offense seems to be more about the system and, um, you know, understanding that you can progress through whatever the coverage gives you. And, and each play is going to have an out against all those different coverages. Um, but it kind of limits the, I don't want to say limits the ability of those receivers because as you, we saw today, it when, doesn't when, enhance it. No, exactly. It, it doesn't enhance those receivers. It doesn't feature like Terry McLaurin. It doesn't feature Jahan Dotson. Yeah. The, the closest we've seen the past few weeks is with, with Curtis Samuel lining up in the backfield and, and they do that little option route with him or um, against uh, a few, few weeks ago. I can't remember who they, they had that wheel route um, off of that yeah. option fake. Like that, that is the kind of package of where you're, you're highlighting that guy's ability. Um, and that feels like Curtis Samuel is the only one they've done that for. Um, and they could easily do that kind of thing for Jahan Dotson and for Terry McLaurin and, and all the other weapons they have, but they, they don't. Um, so um, I, I don't think it's a bad system. Um, it, it's just a very West Coast system that um, is all about understanding what the defensive coverage is, understanding your, your pre-snap um, information processing that correctly and getting the ball out on time and, and when your quarterback is doing that efficiently it works um, and as we saw like earlier in the season when how was playing efficient it, it was working um, and, and the ball was being spread around and, and they were doing all right but um, when when the quarterback isn't always efficient and when you've got a young quarterback like how he's not always going to be efficient um, you would l- rather see them build in some kind of protections for Hal in, in having schemed up stuff for McLaurin or Dotson or, you know, feature those playmakers and, and let them go make plays rather than just saying, this is our offense and we're going to run it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things commanders, right on time, your time. A list of household chores. Do them without missing a beat and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Totally. Uh, Mark gave a, a, or sorry, Matt gave a, a full, a great example of Houston in the way that 
they noticed Nico Collins is great at running out breaking outs and then Tank Dell great in breaking routes and they'll stack them up and have Nico go out and Tank go in and both of them win. Like they're, they're, when we talk about detailing it up, like that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about. And then to your your final point there, you know, if if it's about timing and reading stuff quickly, that's not going to work with a young quarterback. Like that's not how this guy has ever been. You know, that wasn't how he was at North Carolina. And so again, it's not a bad system. Sam might not be a bad quarterback, although we have more questions about that than ever. But it certainly is not a match made in heaven and currently it's a match made somewhere else um which leads us to what do they do moving forward because that is obviously you know the the topic that dominates the week for us on sports radio it's something you're going to write about i'm sure it's something that everyone is going to be talking about all week long so we get to get our first crack at it here on the instant reaction show do you start sam howell again next week and frankly by the time we get off the air and the time that a lot of pop people hear this tomorrow morning uh, or Tuesday morning, if you're, you know, spending Christmas with your family instead of listening to your, your favorite commanders podcast, um, you know, you'll hear what Ron Rivera has said post game. My guess is Ron post game will say, we're going to evaluate everything, which is probably the correct answer. I think for Sam Howell's sake, you cannot start him next week against San Francisco. They are going to destroy him. They are going to eat him alive. It's very clear mentally. He needs a more significant reset and that he is just lost right now with what he's supposed to be seeing and where the ball's supposed to go, getting it out on time. He's seeing ghosts. He's vacating, uh, you know, clean pockets. He's not getting the ball out on time ever. He's guessing and almost never guessing right. Um, even when he does guess right, he's like surprised that he guesses right. There's some times where like you see him be like, oh, the ball is supposed to go here. And like the throwing motion is like super elongated and weird. And then he throws the ball in the dirt. It's terrible right now. So, of course, you want to see what he is, but I think for his sake, Mark, like for his literal personal safety, you can't start him next week. I'd, I'd go Brissett, and I can't believe I'm saying that because there was almost no scenario where I thought that was possible going into the week. Uh, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, I, I, I just kind of feel like Rivera's made this whole season about Sam Howell, uh, and he spent the whole season going, we've at least found our franchise quarterback. And even if I get fired, we'll, we'll we've found the quarterback. And I feel like I've got some legacy here. If they have not, well, I mean, now they've benched him in back-to-back games. If they then bench him and, and don't start him next week, they don't have their franchise quarterback. Like if you, you don't bench your franchise quarterback of the future, um, at which point, what exactly does Rivera have to hang his hat on for the past four years? Like the the defense, the, the team is worse than it was, uh, and they don't have the quarterback of the future. So what what exactly? What are we doing here? If if Sam obviously not Mark like, eighty million dollars in cap space and five top fifty picks, that's what everybody <laughs> wants after year four. Yeah, uh, and it might well be a, a top two pick at the way they're they're going, but the it, it's like I. I I kind of feel like they've backed themselves into a corner where they have to play how because the, the they've got no other choice. Like what what else is Rivera doing here? If he if he's not playing how, then like just fire him now. There, there, there's this. I mean, I thought about that during the game as well, and really, where I was texting about it with one of the the beat reporters, and I was like, I'd consider it based off how this is going. This is obviously before Jacoby starts leading the comeback. Not that that really helps anything, um, but you know. I think to go to a third defensive play caller and because the offense had been so bad, like 
do you really want to just put EB in charge of things? And also, I think with Harris at this point, are you just like, you know what? They're getting closer to that top pick. I don't even have to go full Philly on this. We don't have to go full full process tank. Like, we're just doing this authentically. Let's ride it out to the end of the year. Um, I I hear you, but, like, that's not... That that can't be the only concern here. Obviously, physical safety of the player um, is is a top one. And Ron is professional, and to his credit, I don't give him a lot of credit, but to his credit, I think he cares about that. Like he is someone who played and is just like a general, genuine human being. Does care about the well being of his players, and so I do think that is something he will consider. Um, but at some point, you just have to lose. Like at some point, you have to just admit, like we've lost. Like Sam, it may not be the franchise quarterback, and you know. That's not what we came here to do was to leave after four years with and leave something else behind. Like my job at this point is to get, and I might even, if I'm Josh Harris, be like, Hey man, I'm not going to fire you. Your job is to get this thing safely to the end. And please, if that means you need to bench Sam, like you need to bench Sam. And so I, I don't know. It's, it's also hard because there's not like a GM or a president of football operations that can come over and make that call either. Like the setup here is coach centric. Ron's a coach. Yeah, it, I, I totally see where you're coming from. And from like a, a Sam Howell's kind of safety mentality, I, I agree. It's just to play out the rest of the season, like you're not, they spent the whole year up until the last two weeks saying, we let Sam Howell play through these things. Um, and and they, they let him play through everything earlier in the year. Um, until last week, they were letting him play through all of his mistakes and all of his issues. And, and, I mean, you kind of need to do that to see what you have in him and see if he can bounce back from these tests. And and that's a big part of the thing that they've sold about Howell is his ability to move on from mistakes and, and bounce back and, and, and not get caught up in, in how past performance is or even just the past play. And, and so if that is truly one of his traits, show that it's one of his traits and, and, and play him next week and, you know, if he looks like he's going to hurt himself from being so bad, then just bench him again, and then you admit that you're 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 wrong on how being the franchise quarterback. But I I don't know what you gain from playing Brissett other than like obviously as we talked about the safety aspect with Hal. But if you want to talk about the safety aspect with Hal, he's been getting himself hit every week for the past sixteen weeks. So it's yeah, you know that how much more damage is he going to do to himself from playing next week? The, now, obviously the, the, the 49ers have one hell of a defensive line. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that, that is something, but um, it's not like they haven't played good pass rushes. Um, so, you know, I, I, I would still be playing him personally. I, 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 and if, if it's looking absolutely horrific and he feels, it feels like he might hurt himself, then bench him. But yeah, I, I, would, I, here, I guess he would be, yeah, I hear you. Here would be my thing. You got two more. You bench him a third time, he's done. Like you bench, you, you do it again against San Francisco, you can't start him against Dallas. So I would bench him against San Francisco, tell him, hey, dude, reset. We're going to take the week. Like, Merry Christmas. Um, Jacoby goes out there. And also, by the way, you know, it kind of works out. This is three dimensional chess for me. Ron's definitely not playing this game. He's trying to win football games. But. It, I'm not scared that Jacoby Brissett's going to accidentally beat the San Francisco 49ers, the best team in the NFL. So you don't have to take that draft pick risk um, if you're like Josh Harris and you don't come down and be like, no, 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 no. Not that that's how Harris is as an owner. Anyway, that was the last guy. Um, but 
you, you give him the week off and then I'd start him against Dallas and be like, hey, all right, you got one more shot. And then, by the way, if you have to bench him against Dallas and they eat him up again, uh, then he's not the guy moving forward and, you know, Ron's getting fired after the game anyway. So, you know, Ron leaves empty-handed and it is what it is. If he bounces back against Dallas, now, you know, we have plenty to talk about for the rest of the offseason. Um, and it's kind of... I mean, a very recent example is they did this to Zach Wilson in New York and he bounced back and had a really great game before he was terrible again against Miami and got hurt. But I also think back to in a better long-term example, like Kirk Cousins got benched multiple times in 2014, 2013 as well. Um, 2014, though, was a year where all three guys played because they all got benched uh, with, due to performance with the exception of Colt, something he carried with him you know, as kind of a chip on his shoulder and something to be pissed off about basically the rest of his time. Um, when he just couldn't seem to get a shot again, but Kirk was benched and eventually it was like, Hey, you do X, Y, and Z. You're going to be the starter here. And in 2015, after they finally convinced Dan to bench Robert, that's exactly what Kirk did. And so benching him for San Francisco doesn't have to mean the end, but I do think like he is so shaken right now. And, and I'm now monitoring, uh, the reporters in, in the post-game presser, uh, per John Kime, Rivera said they'll make a quarterback decision early in the week, said he thinks Howell's confidence might have been shaken by some early lapses, whether his or others. I think of that first interception he throws. Like, he hits Logan Thomas in the face mask. What more do you want him to do? And I think sometimes, you know, if you can, if, if you have moments like that early, it's hard to pull out of. And the more separation in time he gets away, and maybe another week of watching Jacoby hopefully execute at a higher level, you come back against Dallas, you give it one final shot, Everyone knows the score. It is what it is. That, that would be my thing. I'll let you have the last word and then a couple of other quick things before we get out of here. Yeah, I, I totally see where you're coming from. I, I think there's there's merit to it. I, I think you just you get so few opportunities to see have a quarterback put film on 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 tape, I guess, and 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 play against the top defense and and you have a lot more to gain from him if he comes out and plays really well against San Francisco. Um, and obviously we're not necessarily anticipating it the way he has played, but if he bounces back and he plays well, then you're saying, okay, there is that ability to bounce back. And then, and he's now playing really well against one of the, the best defenses, the best teams in the league. And, and so um, I, I would see it as an opportunity to, to prove that that is the, what he can be. He, he can bounce back and, 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 and let him start that game. Um, and, and if he looks like he's going to hurt himself from being bad, then yeah, take him out. And, and you're right with you, if you put, pull him a, a third time in a row then then he's done for the year i think but yeah um, but it, it, i i kind of feel like you're you're going either way there if, if he if you bench him this week you're probably saying that he's he's done for the not necessarily done for the year i understand he can come back against dallas but you're basically saying he's not the guy um so i, I would give him that chance to to prove it one more time I, uh, I know I said you, I'd let you have the last word, but you said something that made me think of another point you made that I, I think is worth like just hitting on real quick. I think the difference between letting him play through stuff earlier in the year and now is he actually played through it. Like he would continue to do the right things. And unfortunately, I, I, I think he never really corrected anything. I think that's why they pulled him the last couple of weeks. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. 
Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, uh, real quickly on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, they don't stand a chance in that first half. It's till the Jets' fourth drive of the game that they actually run a play in their own territory. I mean, just a heinous start. By the way, the worst special teams performance from this team. Oh, my in, God. I, I think so in bad. the whole time there's been some bad ones, but like, I think this is the worst one, which is hilarious because I have said a couple times, like, Hey, if you want to look at one positive, their special team has been pretty good this year. <laughs> um, just the Jamison Crowder, whoopsie Daisy. That's crazy. I mean, what was I feel that? bad. I, I don't know. It, he neither does he notice does anyone else. It was, it was the magic bean being magical. Um, I mean, I feel bad for Terrell, um, who's done a great job filling in for Jeremy Reeves all year. He gets, he just kind of bad techniques, uh, on a really good rush from the jets up the middle. I think trust might've been a little slow getting it off. I'd be curious when they stop watch it, but like nothing major it's, it's on Terrell, um, there. So long story short, the defense not set up to succeed, but then they also give up a big one to Brees Hall. BSJ is getting flagged all over the place. And I do think it's interesting, Mark, that, they seemed to pitch a shutout uh, when Emmanuel Forbes came in the game after, or until that field goal at the end, after uh, BSJ goes out because so many of the big plays that the Jets were getting to sustain drives were flags on St. Juice. And I feel bad because I like Benjamin a lot. Um, I really enjoyed talking to him in the preseason. I think he's made a ton of plays. But part of the reason he's made a ton of plays is because he gets so many opportunities because very clearly other teams don't think he's good. You don't get targeted this much unless other teams think you're not good and that it's worth it for the plays you'll make for the ones you're going to give up. And it's sad that it took an injury to to get him off the field and get Forbes back out there. But it's another data point where you just look at Rivera and you're like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, St. Juice was getting cooked. Um, and that's the, the the weird thing about St. Juice is his best trait is to recover. Um, and, and that's never necessarily like he's... He's learned so well how to play out of phase because he's out of phase so often. Um, <laughs> and that that's not necessarily something you want to see. Like, great, here you have an ability to recover and that, that length really plays into that. But you'd rather, you know, being in phase and not having to recover. Um, and, and so, yeah, he, he's getting attacked by just about every team they play this year. And, uh, you know, he does make some nice plays and, and he recovers some, on some nice, uh, nicely in some situations. But... He, he does get beat far too often, um, and uh, that is an issue. Um, and he he's definitely regressed in terms of his ability to play press as well. Um, I, don't, I don't know what Logan thinks about this, but for me, he he's nowhere near patient enough with his feet at the line of scrimmage. He, he as soon as a receiver makes any kind of move off the line, he's he's opening his hips to the sideline, or he's opening his hips inside, and he's very very easy to release against. Um, and, and then that just gives them no chance to, to really stick with guys and, and jam them and disrupt them. So, um, yeah, I, I think you need some major technique work. Um, and, yeah, I don't know necessarily whether Forbes coming in was uh, the kind of the thing that made the, the defense suddenly shut down or yeah. whether that Is was... Is it correlation or causation kind of thing? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the defense did get better when, when St. Juice wasn't there because he wasn't getting picked on. Um but yeah, he's he's had a rough year, um, and and he's someone that I think he's kind of played himself into a uh, question mark for going forward. I have a hard time putting like writing off anybody in this defensive secondary because of how poorly they were coached, and that is the one thing I will always say in defense of Benjamin is I think I think he's a good football player based off what he did prior to this year. He has 
probably the worst defensive backs coach in the league and a total lack of secondary experience on the coaching staff in a meaningful way once Chris Harris leaves. Um, and it's shown like it's the same reason I won't write off Emmanuel, the same reason I won't write off Quan. Like you have so many key guys, young players that you're counting on in a position group that was coached terribly. So I just don't know what I, I truly honest to God have no idea what to make of him or any of them. Um, pass rush was a little bit better today. I, I actually thought the guy who had the best game today, I'm curious how he great. I think PFF is going to kill him because there's a couple, couple times where he like strings things out, but doesn't wind up finishing the play. But I thought James Smith Williams impact was enormous today. You see like what it means to have like a real true professional on the edge. Um, even if James is not like a highlight player, he's not a great pass rusher. He's not a big sack guy, but you have like an actual pro who belongs as a starter, probably opposite, like a stud defensive end. Um, but you have a true pro on the edge and you see some of the pressure they're able to get. Um, you see some of the, the ways they're able to string plays out and, and get tackles for loss or, or short gains that if they're clean edges are big gains on, on some of these outside runs. So I thought James had a really, a really good one. Anybody else that you want to highlight good or bad on the defense? Uh, I thought Mayo struggled a little bit, um, on that, of that 36 yard touchdown that, that they had early on. Um, they kind of ran a little split flow thing where uh, tight end sifted back and fullback started off to the right and sifted back. And, and that little start right got Mayo to bite really heavily on uh, going the wrong way. Um, Not great. That, that, that led him into uh, getting easily blocked and, and Cody Barton wasn't quite quick enough to, to squeeze that gap as, as much as he would have needed him to. And, and Carl couldn't get there from deep. So, uh, yeah, Mayo kind of left them both in a in a bad spot there. So uh, I, I don't think he necessarily had the greatest game, but you know that he's not a starting caliber NFL linebacker. I don't, so. I don't think we have to worry about David Mayo past uh, <laughs> the next two weeks. And yeah. he he got banged up in this game, so maybe I mean hope he's all right on on a human level, but I don't know that we're gonna have to worry about him the next two weeks either. Sure. Um, so yeah, last thing uh, I think we were talking about this before the before we uh, went live here. Um, I think it's hilarious that they lost by two genuinely hilarious because you could see it coming from a mile away unless you're apparently Ron Rivera. And I don't, I, I truly honestly don't know what the analytics are on this, but it feels very, you're down 14, you score, you go for two type of situation when they scored and went down six. What's the point of being down six, go for two. That way, if you get it, you're down five um and or sorry you're down seven uh you get it you're down five now they kick a field goal you're down eight you have a chance to tie with a two-point conversion um if you get a touchdown if you kick the extra point you go from being down seven to being down six i guess like sure if you go up one because you just had to kick an extra point for the win cool but there was like 12 minutes left very easy to to get a field goal in that time and sure enough had they gone for two they would have gotten the next touchdown and they could have gone for two again to go up three and insulate themselves from exactly what happened to them, which is a game-winning field goal. So, um, again, I don't know what the analytics are specifically on that, but seemed pretty obvious to me, Mark, with very little downside. Uh, no reason not to do it. Because, by the way, say you're down you're down seven and you want to go for, or, and you want to win the game in regulation as opposed to kicking the extra point, just go for two again and you're fine. So, just very silly. Very stupid. 
well, you know, game management like like that, uh, clock management and and score management with extra points and stuff has not been the strong suit of of this staff. Uh, so uh, I, it doesn't surprise me at this point. Um, and you would think uh, with with Harris and his analytical background, you you would you would imagine that changes with the next hire. I just imagine Eugene Shen, Eugene Shen walking down the hall uh, to to Josh's office and be like, another one. Another one, boss. <laughs> Next year, don't worry. We'll have a we'll have a better system in place. Uh, Mark, this was great. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for popping in with me here on the post game show. If people want to get more from Mark, and we'll definitely have to have Mark back on um, either later in this regular season as we wrap things up, or probably more likely because there's not much regular season left in the off season, uh, breaking down some of the schematic elements and, and all he sees in his film study. I'll just sit back and let you and Logan nerd out. Um, but make sure that you're reading Mark, um, not only because he's very good at what he does, but it, I think it's actually a great supplement to our pod. So if you're listening to this, I'm guessing you're a podcast listener for us. And we talk about so many plays and Mark tends to pick a lot of the same key plays that we do. And he has great illustrations and stuff in his sub stack. So if you want to see some of the stuff drawn out that we talk about, if you want to almost follow along, subscribe at markbullock.substack.com. Great stuff there. Mark, thanks again for doing this, man. Of course, anytime. All right, that is Mark Bullock, uh, also on Twitter at Mark Bullock NFL. I am Craig Hoffman, merely the man who is usually here. Uh, I'll see you all Tuesday on the radio. Logan and I will do a film breakdown uh, on Tuesday. Uh, be out Wednesday as well. Thanks for watching and listening to Take Command.